This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's just filled with darkness. I think the house is going to kill us. He was bad. I kept my guns loaded. Big mistake. Definitely seeing blood on the floor. He should have broken his neck. What? Really strange stuff. It's like a freaking madhouse. It's really bad in here. My name is Amy Allen. Something is not right. I see dead people. This person might have been a serial killer. I speak to dead people. You get those chills. And they speak to me. He is darkness. He is evil. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she broke her neck. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Tell me the truth. I know every person, every house has secrets. I think the devil is down here. It's my job to reveal him. Who the hell would do this? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Who's he looking to kill? We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. You need to get out of here right now. Or time to get out. It was like endless darkness. Amy and I work independently of one another. I dig into the property's dark past with interviews and research. While Amy communicates with the dead. I'm in Starks, Maine. It's a small town about 45 minutes from Augusta. Amy and I were called in by a woman named Anne-Marie. She says things in our house are out of control. Everyone is sick all the time. Things are starting to get physical. And that whatever's there is picking on our elderly parents. I'm hoping Amy and I can help this woman out. 
Before Amy arrives, I look for any leading information. This home has a lot of religious icons that need to be covered or removed. Once they're cleared, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. Nothing here is sacred. Ooh. What? It does not feel good in here. A lot of anger here. There's so much fear and anger. So, Amory, I know you sounded pretty uh, concerned on the phone about what's going on in the house here. Um, you live here with your parents, is that correct? Yes. And how old are they? My mother is 74 and my father is 79. And how long have you lived here? 13 years. Give me a little bit of a rundown. What's going on? There's a lot of sort of unexplained noises. We've seen things. People have been touched. You're here 13 years. Why are you calling us now? It seemed like things started getting worse. People are getting attacked. All three of us, our health has gone downhill since we moved into this house. I have breathing problems now. All three of us have developed kidney problems since we lived here. What makes you think your health issues have to do with the paranormal? Because it's too much of a coincidence. We see something or we have some kind of encounter and then all of a sudden somebody has a new health issue, like within days of an encounter. Do you know any history about the house? We found out a few months after we moved in that um, a woman had uh, killed herself here. Do you know who that person was or any information on them? It was the person who we bought the house from. It was his wife. What are you hoping Amy and I can do for you and your parents? I just want to know what to do. I mean, we keep getting sicker and sicker. I think the house is going to kill us. I really do. It's just filled with darkness. I just feel sick. It's almost like nothing can live here. There's just all these dead people, and it's like all these deaths. And there's a lot of them. This is their house. This is like the house of the dead. You said the basement you don't like at all. No. Before, if I had to, like, change a fuse or... I don't even come down here to do that anymore. I call my brother-in-law, make him do it. Okay, I can hear it in your voice. You sound like you're... Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be here. What are you feeling when you come down here? Every time I'm down here, I feel like people are touching me, like hands are grabbing me from behind and trying to, like, hold on to me. And anything else? I was down here one time with my nephew, and two huge bins of, like, tools fell on me, pinned my leg. And it wasn't slanted or anything like that? It was stuff that was stacked forever. It was it was solid. It never moved. Do you have any animals down here that may have knocked it over? No, the animals never come down here. Something bad happens every time somebody comes down here. Why don't we get out of here? Why don't you show me someplace okay. else in the house, okay. all right? Yep. There were people hiding down there. I want to say they were like robbers, you know, but one of them was pretty bad on the run for a long time, a long time. I know he ends up killing somebody. He killed somebody down there. I don't see a weapon, so I'm assuming with his hands. I think this house is a purgatory place. 
What's going on up here? First, it started with just hearing, like, footsteps up and down the hallway. Okay, and it wasn't either one of your parents? No. How often does this happen? This is a regular occurrence. This is, this is my life. You said on the phone that you had the house blessed. I've blessed it, and I also took sage and went around. Did it help? No. It's like I'm under siege. There are so many dead people. There's too many. I, I don't know. Make it so you can't live here. They, like, run at the door, and someone in here has blocked them so they can't come in all the time. Well, no, it's just one of them, I guess. When she can't get in, she acts like an animal. Who is this? One of the weird dead people. So is that something that might be heard? Yeah. Is there anything else? There's a woman, an apparition, that comes and stands in that doorway. Okay, describe her for me. She's kind of shadowy, like kind of black. She's only about this tall. Okay. And she looks kind of like a black mist. How long she last? More than half an hour. What? Yeah, she just stands there, stares at me. For a half hour? That's the first time all these investigations I've ever heard anybody tell me really? more than a couple of seconds. I've walked through her. I've come up the stairs now three or four times, and as I turn the corner, she was there, and I walked through her. Feels like the life's being sucked out of you. And the first time it happened, the next day, I got this breathing problem that nobody's been able to figure out. The dead in here would be perceived probably as shadow people. They're all over. They, I don't know, they're saying they smother you. They um, smother them up. You can't breathe. What's going on here? Um, my father fell down these stairs. Okay. He was coming out of the bathroom, like, right out here. He ended up down there. He said he went down head first backwards. Okay, was he his feet wet and everything? No. No dizzy spells or anything no. going on? What did he say happened? When we got to the hospital, he said that somebody pushed him. Did you believe him? Oh, yeah, I believed him. I mean, he should have broken his neck. It's terrifying. We had to move his bed from downstairs. After this incident? Right. I'm just seeing these weird images of, like, dead bodies, but they're warm. They crowd around the house. And they're like, if we don't get any rest, nobody gets any rest. And they do move strangely, too. How do they move? Like zombies. And they're like, oh, just you wait. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Adam, I was talking to your aunt, Anne-Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me about the stuff that goes on here. Now, did you spend time here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I spend a lot of time here, actually. Okay. She's had a lot of experiences. What about yourself? I've definitely felt very uneasy around here. There's there's a lot of, like, kind of weird vibes and energy. You know, it's, it's kind of in the air. I've seen things that I can't exactly explain. Like what? Halloween of 2011. I was playing kind of superstitious games with my ex-girlfriend and one game is called Bloody Mary where you you say the words Bloody Mary into a mirror three times and we were holding a cross in our hands to the mirror just because you know I was kind of superstitious and didn't want anything to happen then the cross just got a little bit colder and a little bit colder and finally we just set it down put the lights on it was very shocking so let me get this straight were you doing that here yeah where upstairs in, in which room? In my aunt's room. Does your aunt know about this cross thing you did? Yeah, she's not happy. You, you blame her? No. Okay. You know, I think your aunt had a right to be mad at you. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, so she's a sweet lady, so... I know, I, I love her very dearly. Okay. I'm, I'm very much regretful of it now. I, I'm, I'm very superstitious. Are you, you're not, anything else you might have pulled here when, that nobody knows about? Not here, no. Well, you think you caused all the problems that are happening? I, I don't know what's what exactly to think about all of this, but it, it does seem that way. Thinking about all the events and tying them together, I'm just really like scared that maybe I'm responsible. 
Uh, I mean, I, I kind of tried to like make up explanations. I always try to believe in, in a higher power, you know, God and, and something that's good and loving and protecting. And if there's something negative and wishing ill upon my family, I'm very upset about that. Right. You know, there it does sometimes feel like we're up against something. And I don't know, I don't want to say that, to, you know, definitively, but right. I'm, I'm scared of it. There's just some weird going on. Really strange stuff. There's like somebody's doing like all these seances and stuff, but there's but they shouldn't be and they know it. Someone religious is doing. Steve, I was talking to your sister-in-law Emery, mm -hmm. and she was telling me about the stuff going on in the house here. Uh, she mentions you come over once in a while to help out. You, you got to be concerned for your in-laws, I would think, and your sister-in-law. I'm, I'm always concerned because they've they've all been ill. I've always sort of worried about them here. So since you spend time here, have you had an experience? I have had some sort of uncomfortable feelings about the house at times. Okay. Any place in particular? Well, in the basement, when I was um, bracing up the shower the next day, I. I contracted kind of a numbness throughout my hands and shoulders. So did anything go wrong when you were working? Uh, nothing that I could say. It was just pretty much straightforward work. My fingers are still numb for the most part. Ever since that one time? Ever since that time. It's been three months. Have you been to a doctor? Yeah, I've been to several. They're not sure exactly what it is. Okay. Anything else? Sometimes it feels like there's like a darkness that settles. It felt like there was uh, a leaning toward, you know, being more argumentative, more um, negative about things in general. These dead people, if they don't want to talk to me, they, they know exactly why the f I'm here and they do not want it. They are like, get the f out of here. Thick, they're thick, they're pretty f strong, man. The amount of dead people in this house is overwhelming. I have no idea why they're all here, but they hate living people and have disturbing ways of showing it. A very emotional house. Do you mean that it affects people's emotions? I would think that it might, because it's a very angry, fearful house. Everybody's confused in this place. It's like a freaking madhouse. Anne-Marie told me she thinks a woman committed suicide in our house. I did some digging and her story checks out. I was actually able to locate the victim's husband and as painful as it is, he's agreed to tell me exactly what happened. Well, Ron, thanks for meeting with me. I appreciate that. Uh, you're welcome. I'm so sorry to hear about your wife, Mary. Yeah. I can assume you still... I, I think of her a lot. Okay. She was my Mary. This is her, right there. She had a serious bone disease in her back. And leading up to her suicide, her condition got worse? Yes, it did. Her back was really deteriorating. Now, can you, if it's okay, will you tell me about what happened? Well, how I remember it, I had to go to the VA hospital. And uh, I came home, 
my dog was going bananas. And I found her in the dining room on the floor, and there was blood. She had shot herself with my 30-30. Wow. I kept my guns loaded, and I showed her how to use them. Big mistake. I should have never left her alone, but... And I know you must feel guilty about oh, it. Oh, yes, I do. When I left that morning, I never said good goodbye or I love you. The dead that are here will just make you miserable. Miserable. I just feel like a lot, there was a lot of bad things that happened, like, consecutively. Like what? Like, I am definitely seeing blood on the floor. Definitely seeing blood on the floor. Someone's like, yeah, people met a lot of terrible ends. Now that I know someone committed suicide on my client's property, I need to see if anything else went down there. So I hit the books at the local library. And the only other death I can uncover is a guy named Angie Gray. Turns out he died in my client's home in 1935. I want to find out if there's any more to his story. I'm on my way to meet with a local historian who says Gray's time in Amory's home was filled with heartbreak and loss. So, Ernie, during my research, I came across this guy, Angier Gray. What can you tell me about him? Angier was a pretty prosperous guy. He was uh, involved in a lot of businesses, storekeeping. He was a, a farmer. In fact, here's a photo of Angie with his granddaughter, Carolyn. Was he sick? Because he looks a little uh, emaciated here. Well, that's what years of hard work will do for you. So now, you had mentioned on the phone that he had some tragedies in his life. What were you talking about? Angie had been given the farm by his siblings after his father died, but with a condition. He had to uh, support his mother uh, and his brother, George, who was mentally uh, disabled. But there was actually a bit of difficulty between George and Angier. And in 1911, George physically assaults Angier. He leaves, Angier closes the door and never allows George back. Wow. And Angier was estranged from the family after that. Now, do you know what he died of? He died in the house you're investigating of uh, apoplexy, which is a stroke. Ernie, let me ask you a question. I know a lot of people were buried on the property they lived on back in those days. What about Angie? Uh, he wouldn't have been buried there. But uh, there is something you might want to know, is that, that the house that you're investigating is either adjacent to or encroaches on an old uh, village burial ground. Really? OK. There was this man, and he was mean, very mean person. He's like pasty and he looks like an undertaker. Just nasty. But he's very here. Like he's very much a part of this house. It's really strange because I think he was kind of deserted by his family. Okay. He's all alone. 
He was bad. Ernie said my client's property is either built on or next to a graveyard. This could be a huge development in the case. I'm on my way to interview a local cemetery owner to see if it's true. So, Paul, is it true that the house I'm investigating, there might have been a graveyard either under it or at least right next to it? Yes, that's true. In fact, my great-great-great-grandfather was originally buried there. He died in 1822. Okay. And he was um, reburied uh, in this cemetery. Now, let me ask you a question. What was the reason they got moved? There was a concern about water contamination of the public well that was immediately across the road from the graveyard site. Okay, now, did they all get moved to this cemetery? No. They were moved to a variety of cemeteries around uh, the town. Uh, some were moved to this site. Okay. But there were others uh, in several other cemeteries. All right, so when did this take place? Well, we know the cemetery was there in 1860. I have a map here of the village in 1860, and you can see uh, there's a cemetery marked adjacent to the home that you are investigating. Right, this is the corner and this is the cemetery right, right here. Okay. And uh, this is an 1883 map of the same area. And you can see there's no cemetery at that site. Okay, so we know what had to happen between those two times. That That's time. right. So how did the moving process work? I mean, did they just dig the body up? And well, they did uh, in some cases, and in other cases, the bodies may have not been relocated, may still be in the ground there. There have been a number of uh, bones allegedly found at the site where this old burial ground existed. Somehow these people are dying here, or died here. It's their home, it's their, it's their place. These dead people are, like none of them are okay. There's too many of them and they're too sick and too much death and, and, and like you can't escape their pain. There's so many people's thoughts. And this is not good. If they did leave the body there, what was the reason for that? Well, possibly couldn't find it. Some of these bodies might not have had any headstones with them uh, originally. Okay. In other cases, uh, the families may have been too poor to pay for the cost of exhuming the body and relocating it. This cemetery was a privately owned cemetery. It was not owned by the town. So this was a private decision, uh, obviously with community support because of the water supply issue. Okay. So if a family member decided, well, you know what? I don't have the money or the means to have the body moved. Even though they moved the cemetery, the bodies could still be, still be there. That's true. Now, would they ever move a headstone and not the body? Yes. Uh, headstones are easy to move. Right. The bodies are much more difficult. And um, some of the uh, bones were, in all likelihood, left behind. Do you think there's still bodies there? I do. I don't think that they were very well taken care of when they died. They were saying, um, you know, that they are like the true lost souls, the ones that people have forgotten about or turned their backs on. Uh, they were discarded. They're discarded people. I encountered dozens of dead people during my walk, but what has me the most concerned is the bizarre scene I saw in the downstairs bedroom. 
you could see their eyes like in the darkness. And there were three on each side and then the three or four that came forward to talk to me at the end of the bed. And they all had like thick, long hair. Is this what you saw? Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. So Amy, I'd like you to meet Anne-Marie and her nephew, Adam. Anne-Marie actually lives here with her elderly parents. Uh, she believes that whatever's in this house is making them all very sick and is possibly trying to kill them. Adam's very close to his family and is worried about them, but he also believes that he may have caused what's going on here. So with that being said, I'm gonna ask her to describe her walk for us. This was the first time on a walk that I almost didn't make it all the way through. I almost left. I was overwhelmed with how many dead were located here. This is a house of the dead. It's a, like a purgatory or a way station for them. How many dead people are here? Over 20 in the house you and like maybe like God. 30 or 40 outside. I may have an explanation for why you saw so many dead. This house is either built on or literally right next door it used to be a graveyard. Wow. Now I got two maps here. This one is from 1860. And it shows a cemetery right here along their property line. Now I have another map from 1883 that shows the cemetery is not there. That makes sense. So you all right with that? I mean, I don't know if you can be all right with a purgatory of dead people. There's just so much stuff they didn't tell us about this house before we I'd bought be it. Really, that just really mad about that. Really pisses me off. There's one male that's here, and he is not okay. He's like pasty, and he looks like an undertaker. Just nasty. He just seemed extremely unwell to me, but he was very much estranged from his family. I might be able to maybe give you an idea who it could be. Um, it was a guy named Angie Gray that lived here from 1917 to 1935. I got his death certificate. He lived and died in this house. He died of apoplexy, which is a stroke. He lived on a farm with his mother and brother not far from here. When you said he was estranged from the family, Angia had to take care of his younger brother, George, who was mentally handicapped. But George got into a physical fight with him and left the house, and Angia never let him back in. That's where this, the estrangement comes with the family. You said the guy reminded you of like an undertaker. Yes. This is how he looked. Amy, do you think this is the guy you saw? Yeah. Do you, do you think that this man in particular is actively trying to harm everyone here? He's contributing his emotional state of being loneliness, anger. That radiates out. Can we be influenced by him? I think that's a huge possibility, yes. What else is going on in this house? The basement. There was four people 
One of the guys from downstairs told me that all of them were hiding from the law. He told me he killed somebody. I think he did it with his hands. Oh my God. Now the thing is, you got a cemetery that was here from the 1700s. There's no records on who buried here. I do know that no murderer lived in the house, but that doesn't mean that, that he might not have been buried here. You don't like to go into the basement. I can barely get you down there to interview you. I always feel like someone's grabbing me. Like okay. it feels like I'm being attacked from behind. Adam, can you tell Amy what physically happened to your father after he did the work in the basement? He began to have a lot of muscle pain in his arms and his wrists and his hands, and he couldn't move his hands anymore. And no doctor can figure out what the hell's wrong with him. Yeah. Every time someone goes in the basement, they're ill. Somebody gets ill or hurt right after. I don't want to deal with negative en energies. It's bad enough having people among the living that are jerks, you know? Well, the dead in this house are very angry for a reason. They felt that the living had turned them away and turned their backs on them and that they were not well taken care of when they died. They feel like they're true lost souls and that they cannot be saved. This is where I could probably help you out with why they're so angry. Now, when the cemetery was moved, a lot of bodies were left behind. Back then, the family would have to pay to move the body. A lot of people didn't have the money, so they ripped the headstones off and the bodies were just left behind. What else did you see? I was seeing seances down here, trying to communicate with the dead. Several of these people over the years knew that they really should not be doing this, but they did it anyways. Remember when I told you that Adam feels he may be responsible for what's going on over here? Adam, why don't you tell her what you told me? On Halloween of 2011, me and my ex-girlfriend, we were, uh, you know, just playing around, doing, you know, spooky Halloween things. And in the upstairs bedroom, we played Bloody Mary. Yeah, I know what Bloody yeah. Mary is. A lot of the dead feel here. You know, the disrespect, feeling like they're in purgatory. There's a lot of animosity here, so don't blame yourself for that. I feel more of a clear conscience that it's not me, but I feel terrible about these people who feel like they're outcasted. Yeah. Right. Also, in the upstairs bedroom, the dead, they couldn't get into the room. The interesting thing oh was God. I saw like a barrier up. One particular dead person who's a female, she gets crazy and she'll like act like an animal and run down the hallway and like try to get in the room. And the dead woman was pissed. Wow, that freaks me out. Because I saged all the rooms upstairs and I did do a blessing. So her saging upstairs, could that have been what stopped the woman from coming in? Mm -hmm. Are they mad at her for that? Yes. I did do a sketch of the dead down here in this room. They really unnerved me. They were congregating, and it was all around the bed. Oh, my God. Um, and that's where Marie's dad uh, sleeps. Right. Just don't freak out. Just... Oh my God. These are the people who feel lost, who feel discarded. They're very angry. And unfortunately, they're trying to become like these inhuman creatures. Now, 
one of the main reasons her breaking point for calling us in is an incident that happened here with her father. Tell her what happened. My father was coming out of the bathroom, and he fell down the stairs backwards, head first. Oh, my gosh. And when we got to the hospital, he said he was pushed. Seeing him in that state and seeing all the bruises and all the trauma it caused, it was, it was just really awful. Could they have pushed her father down the stairs? I think so. Tell her about the, what you see upstairs. In my doorway of my bedroom, it was definitely shadowy. I think it's a woman. Never crosses the doorway, but stands and stares. And I mean for like 30 minutes at mm -hmm. a time. Mm -hmm. And then I have walked through her. It feels like it kind of sucks the life out of me. The day after I walked through her, I came down with a breathing problem okay. that they have not been able to figure out what it is. It's probably the one that you blocked out. That's horrible. What am I going to do? So here's how the living might be affected by the dead here. The dead truly believe that there should not be living people here. Two things that these guys do is that they will make you very ill here. And they want to smother you. And that's one of the ways that they'll try to attack. I can't walk more than 20 feet without being out of air. It's like somebody, like, kicked the air out of my body. I really feel like this house is trying to kill us. They told me they won't allow anything to live here. Nothing. It scares me to death, really. It's so hard to live in this house. Yeah, it just feels like it never lets up. Now, have you seen anything else? No. That's the gist of it. Well, there's one major event that did take place in this house. There was a woman that lived here in 1997 by the name of Mary Frechette. She shot and killed herself right in this room. So when I spoke to her husband, Ron, and I asked him to explain what happened, he said he came home from the VA hospital and found her in a pool of blood. She had been sick. You know, her lifestyle was deteriorating. So when you said you thought somebody had died and you know, committed suicide, you were right. Any ideas why you might have not have seen her? I just lost a friend recently to suicide, and he shot himself in the head. So that's probably why I didn't see that. Um, sometimes we'll block out things we don't want to perceive. Okay. So uh, that was just a week and a half ago. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I remember. Okay. <sighs> that happened. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm fine. Well, I know you guys have been hit with a lot of horrific information tonight. But Amory, now you know why your family's been going through hell since you've been here. The question is, how do you fix it? For that answer, I'm going to turn it over to my partner, Amy. What I'm going to say, um, it's kind of difficult for me because on the one hand, I feel very sorry for these people, but they kind of damn themselves. They've done that via attempted murder. We have to proceed as if they were some type of a demonic presence. 
They are not demons, but they have become a type of evil. The first thing is to move them on. And it has to be a religious, holy person. So, you know, it could be a minister, a priest, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. Sit down with that person and tell them exactly what happened here so that they can then perform whatever religious ceremonies they need to. Did this person will move the good people on? Right. The other thing is, is that you are going to have to have an exorcism done of the land and the house. Okay. You're all right. You didn't want to hear that word exorcism, did you? I like to believe that no one is beyond saving. Well, in this case, you got to fight fire with fire, kid. You know what I mean? They are fully conscious individuals. They know what they're doing, and they know right from wrong. And they're hurting my family. And they made a decision, and that decision is unacceptable. It scares me because mm -hmm. this is a real thing. It's all very overwhelming. I'm sorry. I'm digging into a bottomless pit in my heart here. I, I'm terrified. You're up for the fight. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna let it kill my family or me either. Are you gonna buck up or are you gonna yeah, sit no, I'm ready to kill the But let's go in with compassion and then go for the fight. The entities inside this house will stop at nothing to torment the living here. But I believe if Anne Marie and her family follow my advice, they'll free themselves from the evil that's been haunting them. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.